Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah, and I am joined by Katie and Bonnie and Eden, and we are talking about our one cool disabled gal. So... Bonnie already talked about Tammy Duckworth, and Eden talked about Annie Jump Cannon. Uh, but before we dive back in, I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know, and it ties into my gal. What daily problems do you think wheelchair users have in your own town? Dun, dun, okay. Dun. Um, get it. <laughs> Eden's like, I've got I a heard list. <laughs> an analogy that I thought was fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, cause Indianapolis is old enough to have a lot of, you know, vintage homes, yes. vintage buildings downtown, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Obviously in 18, 20, whatever, when they were creating Indianapolis, right. they weren't thinking of wheelchairs. It wasn't an ADA town. No. <laughs> um, cause that didn't come until 1990. Correct. Right. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I kind of think that there is a way that you can preserve Yes. The historical quality of a building yeah. and still make it um, accessible. Accessible. Yeah. And somebody came up with a great analogy um, or a great idea, which was um, just because somebody created something a certain way at a certain time mm-hmm. doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Right. Like you can still have all of the beauty and the architecture and the, you know, all the things we love about old buildings. Yeah. You know, just because you're switching some steps to a ramp. Right. That's not, it doesn't take away the history. Right. It takes away or it adds to the enjoyment of it by more people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I no. dig it. I recently, a few weeks ago, I was in Iceland on my honeymoon. Yes. And I have to say that I noticed so much there that was not handicap accessible. Oh, gotcha. And a oh, real wow. lack of people using any kind of wheelchairs or devices oh. or seeming to have any bit of kind of disabilities. Right, right. Um, I thought it'd be very interesting to dig into that. Um, yeah. But kind of what Ethan's saying is a lot of these uh, different cities in Europe they have that old architecture mm-hmm. that wasn't yes. designed for people. But it, to me, what I observed there didn't seem like they're making a push to make it accessible. Right, right. And yes. I won't say that we are here in the United States because I think that the majority of city planners, people on boards, they think very ableist. Right. Yes. They don't mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. the detriments, the impediments, the the issues that can arise if you're trying to, if you have limited mobility or you're using yeah. a wheelchair. I mean, I just think about the having adequate handicap parking yeah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even if you have adequate um do you have room for uh vans with lifts yes yeah. exactly because you need space. the extra you need the extra wide mm-hmm. lanes yes. not just uh, do lanes. all of yeah. your uh there's a new store there that linden tree just moved into that apartment building at the yeah. end of both of our streets there's like no parking and i'm i was also like yeah I only see stairs up to the store. I'm yeah. like, so how are we getting people in wheelchairs in here? Thank you. I, I thought about that too. Like that. I thought about that whole new building. Yeah, I'm like, well, you're not going to get any accessibility know, people no. in there at all. Based on my own not being in a wheelchair, I don't see mm-hmm. all the impediments, but I do think about those things when I 
when I look at our community yeah. and I yeah. don't think it's accessible hundred percent. You know yeah. Here's the issue. Um, in my, in my brain, mm-hmm. it's more than just wheelchair accessibility. Right. Mm-hmm. Because older people mm-hmm. often have leg related ailments. Hips. They have and, hip ailments. Yes, exactly. They have knee ailments. Yeah. They have back ailments. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not just a matter of wheelchair users. Right. right. Yeah. It's anybody that has trouble walking. Mm-hmm. It's anybody for whom steps can be a problem. Right. Where you ramps know, are much easier. Anybody that, yeah. that has a balance. Really, I, I yeah. suffered um, very temporarily, but I suffered from um, vertigo. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, and I was, you know, the whole balance thing is just completely, yeah, you know. Yeah, really is how much destroyed. you need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and and just having, you know, handrails. Yeah. You know. To brace number, yourself. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's not even just about, you know, people who are physically disabled. Yeah. Right. You yes. Know, uh, if if we're lucky, we're all going to be old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. If we're and lucky enough to get old enough to need it, yeah. The single way to solve this is mm-hmm. to have somebody with a physical limitation right. or a disability in the room when these things are being planned and decided. Exactly. exactly. That's all yep. it takes. Mm-hmm. And then it would be considered. Because then you can have pretty buildings that are actually. Community. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Yep. But funny, we don't, as a country, tend to ask the people who mm-hmm. have the, yeah. We also tend to build things on a floodplain. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We have lots of issues. Just yes. say it. That you don't even need to ask anybody. You just need to look on a map. <laughs> yes. Very but true. Bonnie, what about you, Donna? How is <laughs> how do you think wheelchair use is accessible <laughs> that um, you have found? Yeah, just like Yeah, just things not being designed with them in mind. Mm-hmm. Counter hype. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, I remember theaters. Uh, I was watching a video recently of a lady going down to the Ark Encounter oh. in Kentucky, and outside there's like a Garden of Eden thing, <laughs> and there's signs everywhere. This was like footpath only. Oh, so there's signs that you cannot access like ninety five percent of that garden. Oh, because it says footpath only. Right. And I'm like, how? Like this is a public. Yeah. So thing. by footpath only, they mean no wheelchair. No wheelchair. Yeah. It's not wheelchair accessible. The outside, mm-hmm. and then it. She said the inside was very much not accessible either. Gotcha. Yeah. That's just like, hideous. I, I'm like, how have they not had a lawsuit yet? Right. Well, like I'm sure they have. It's the art center. <laughs> a whole bunch of lawyers. Stuff. They do. I was they trying must, to Google yeah. it, but the only stuff that was coming up with was with their like insurance stuff. With them. <laughs> right. I don't know. There was something with like yeah. their insurance. I think someone was maybe trying to classify it as a boat instead of a building <laughs> or something, and then there was water oh. damage, and they're like, "But it's a mm, boat." But it's a boat. Yeah. Okay. There was something like that. <laughs> I will be a little more positive and give yeah. a shout out. Um, it's not as prevalent as it should be. Yeah. Um, but did you know that Carmel actually has a playground available that has swings for people nice. in wheelchairs? Yes. Oh, yeah. Awesome. It's down there off River Road and 116th. Mm-hmm. I totally oh. forget the name of the park. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've been to it many times when I worked in the school yes. system. Yeah. Nice. Um, there is a, so there's a school um literally out my back door. Mm-hmm. And past the grove of trees, right? And it's like right there, and there it's a it's an elementary school. Yeah, so it goes up to what fifth grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, they have 
wheelchair accessible swings. And did they have it because they had a student or because they were forward I have thinking? No idea. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, either way it gets there, right? Exactly. Yes. So, but it was, when we hope. moved yeah. in, um, we moved in in 2006. Um, we had a dog, we got a dog a few months later mm-hmm. and we were walking the dog and, and we just decided, you know, oh, let's go back there and explore. Yeah. And we Fine. saw them. And mm-hmm. at first I wasn't sure what they were. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and then. Right. Um, You're like, that's a new kind of playground. Yes. equipment. <laughs> and then I happened to see a different uh, playground with the same thing. Ah. And then I was like. Oh, I get That's it. amazing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I remember the first time I saw those platform. They're like a big mm-hmm. circle uh, mm-hmm. as a swing. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, oh, then you have a double swing. And I'm like, well, no, it's just more accessible. It's just yeah. you can have more people, but you can also have more abilities that are also on the, the you know what I mean, on yeah. the swing as well. And I'm like going, this is just lovely. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we, uh, we record this near downtown Noblesville. And I know downtown Noblesville loves its little historicness and i mean yes the sidewalks have uh for the blind for the for the seeing impaired it does have the beep beep beeps the um the uh the ramps are all for the sidewalks mm-hmm. but so many of the buildings and the the restaurants are not too bad but the um uh the retail spaces a step up the step yeah. up or they're super cramped like you can't get a double wide stroller. And when I worked in retail, I worked at a video store. And so mm-hmm. my own ruling was if a double wide stroller, cause those moms will tell me if they can't fit, <laughs> then I know a wheelchair will fit. So yeah. I always measured it for that. And then I knew that everybody could get around the different corners yeah. in the video store. That was my measuring tool. So I always thought like with the retail shops, I'm like, you can't get a stroller in here. You're definitely not getting a wheelchair in here. I can't even here. get my fat ass through right. some of those fancy <laughs> stores downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my butt is going to destroy a priceless artifact. Exactly. When I see the glass containers and I'm like, no, no, no. My ass is going <laughs> to knock that over and I'm, I'm yeah. paying for it. So you guys are hilarious. It is very tiny. And we we do have fat asses, so <laughs> both of these Mine's things are true at the same time. Right? Yes. But... There you go. Yes. Oh, I've got yeah. the belly and the ass. It's it's, it's a two for <laughs> it's a two for such. Although you know oh, what? God. I went to the Monon last week and yeah. I wore a bathing suit without a skirt. <gasps> what? And I was actually inspired by a little girl of mine that apparently told her mom that her thighs are too powerful because they didn't nice. fit in something. I'm like, well, oh, I love that. Nice. Too my powerful. thighs are just too powerful. They are. And nice. Carmel, Indiana is going to have to deal with my powerful thighs because I'm not doing the drip, drippy skirt. I love that. 100%. At the Monon. Yeah. That and is good the stuff. Historic buildings, they can, I mean, they can make adjustments. Yes. There was the. They can add a ramp. They the, can, yeah. Um, Look at elevators. <laughs> when we were in D.C., we went to. Yes. It was under construction. We can go in and it was during COVID. Right. Um, it was like 21, I think. But the. Um, the building, the American Voter Voter League building, where okay. the building yeah. where Alice Paul unfurled the flag for yes. suffrage is right. there. Yeah, and they basically added on an elevator in the yes. back. Yes, you totally can. So it's still mm-hmm. it's not you know interfering with the entrance. Right, where she had the little flag and stuff. Right, but it's off to the side, and there's like a ramp to it. Yeah, and so I think the governor that's why you can do the it. Same thing. Yeah, because yeah. that whole stretch and... of street is nothing but historic. Homes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's all possible with the technology we have today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
yeah. Would you like to hear about my gal? Yeah, definitely. Sweet. All right. Well, I wanted to talk about this particular gal on this particular week. For two reasons. Uh, number one, Film Club is actually this Thursday at the time this uh, episode releases. And so Thursday, June 20th, we're going to talk about the Netflix documentary Crip Camp. Has anybody seen Crip Camp? <gasps> it's a fantastic documentary. It's actually produced by the Obamas. Um, and it's super awesome. And we're going to be talking about it. It is about a disability camp uh, that was like a sweet haven for uh, people with disabilities in upstate New York. York. The other reason why I wanted to talk about this amazing gal, it is the 33rd anniversary of the America's Disability Act, which was signed into law July 26, 1990. So this will air at that same time. So I'm going to talk to you today about Judy Human, And it's H-U-E-M-A-N-N. <laughs> But she's very human. See what I did there? I'm sure she's never heard that joke. Because she has two books. Her first book is called Being Human. So obviously, she already knew her own reference. And then... The other book that she has is more of a young adult book, but is actually called Rolling Warrior. And Rolling Warrior is the book that I read. Uh, It is fantastic. Now, she does open that book with this quote, which very much sets the tone and checked me as well. She said, the thing to know about me is this. If I had been born just 10 years earlier and my parents hadn't left Germany when they did, I would have been killed by the Nazis. Hitler considered us life unworthy of life. And if you were a young disabled child in Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the doctors recommended that your parents hand you over to a special children's clinic where you were either starved or poisoned. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's how she starts her young adult book. And I'm like, I'm in. (laughs) I am. I am empathizing. I am listening. I am holding it. Uh, Her father was 14 when he was sent from Germany to Brooklyn, New York to live with an uncle. He never saw his parents again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Judith's mother was 12 when she was sent away to a family she had never met in the United States. Mm -hmm. She also never saw her parents again. So that is how close Judy was when she said, if I had been born just 10 years earlier. Um, Now, Judy got polio when she was 18 months old. Uh, her first day of kindergarten, Judy's mother was told that she would be a fire hazard and uh, that she would block the teachers from getting out of the school. What the heck? The exactly. Not the students. Oh. Right. Well, probably also the, the kids as well. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, Judy's mother tried to get her into a Jewish day school. Uh, the school said that first Judy needed to learn Hebrew. And so she did. And then the principal backtracked and wouldn't let her into the school for the same reason. So in first grade, the Board of Education sent a teacher to her home twice a week for two and a half hours. And during those two and a half hours, she was supposed to learn and read and do the math and all the things that her friends had already been doing for two years. Uh Uh-huh. Like speed learn all of it uh, in a couple of hours. Uh, She says, quote, the world thought I was sick and sick people stay home in bed and they didn't go to school. They weren't expected to go outside to be part of things, to be part of the world. I wasn't expected to be part of the world. And I felt nauseated that everyone else had known this but me. Had they kept it from me? That's what she wrote it in her book. And I was like, no. Right. So in fourth grade. 
She went to the Health Conservation 21, which was a special ed uh, kids uh, school, which was in the basement. They barely ever saw the other kids, but at least they were in the same school. as. Yes, exactly. But she also went to summer camp. So this is where Crip Camp, the documentary, comes into play. Uh, She said, quote, we were segregated and excluded and only our parents expected anything of us. But we had each other. So Camp Jeanette started in 1951. um, And it's in the Catskill Mountains of Upper New York. Mm -hmm. But in the 60s and 70s, the hippies took it over. Camp got a lot more fun. It got a lot more fun. (laughs) Like smoking weed with the counselors, like learning how to kiss with the counselors, like a lot of, (laughs) I was like, they said it was utopia for disabled folk. And I'm like, yes. I didn't get to go to that camp. It just, it looks amazing. Mm. Yes. So back to Judy. Uh, Judy was allowed to go to high school in Brooklyn because quote, her mom and a gang of other disabled kids' moms. I just love the gang. <laughs> gang of moms. Gang they, of moms. They had successfully pushed the New York City School Board of Education into allowing some of us to go to school. She's so you need being a fire hazard, huh? Right. Right. Well, okay. you just need a gang of moms in Brooklyn. <laughs> moms can do anything. I'm just saying. Totally. Yeah. So there was about 20 other disabled kids in the school, and they really kind of (laughs) stuck together. They had an hour and a half bus ride to go to this school. Um, And so they had a lot of time to hang out with each other. And they also all went to Camp Jeanette together as well, too. So that kind of nice. She said, quote, I felt closer to them than I did to any other non-disabled kids. They made me feel strong. The regular kids made me feel like a raisin in a bowl of candy. Oh, right. She's she's very good with her words. Yes. <laughs> uh, so then Judy went to Long Island University, and she wanted to be the first teacher in a wheelchair in New York City. Love, I love the dreams. I love being a teacher because going from a fire hazard, being told a fire yeah. hazard to a teacher is yeah. like mm-hmm. a brilliant little art. Right. Um, the last thing that was between Judy and her teaching license was a medical exam. Thank you. (laughs) That makes no sense. Correct. It does not. So it was invasive. But not only that, there was five steps to the building. Five steps. No accessible entrance with her wheelchair. So that was the first of it. Uh, So she asked a friend to help her to get up the five steps and to stay with her. Uh, The doctor told her to come back for a second appointment with her braces and her crutches to show that she could walk. She could not walk. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What does walking have to do with teaching? Correct. Right? Exactly. And so she came back and did not have her braces and her crutches. Also had a lawyer with her, but they wouldn't let the lawyer into the room. Mm. And Judy wrote this. She said she could say, oh, sorry, she could do or say anything she wanted to me. And there was nothing I could do about it. There were no rules. There were no boundaries. It was discrimination. I was denied a teaching license. And the reason that it stated was that she had polio. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. They didn't even say any, just, she has polio. She can't be a teacher. Medical exam. <sighs> because polio clearly <laughs> affects your brain. Sure. And you're a teaching skill. But they also said she was insubordinate for not bringing her crutches and showing she could walk. But I can't walk. <laughs> I can't walk. <laughs> 
Wow. So she sued. I would uh, for her. Right. The case was uh, settled without a trial. Yeah. Now, three years later, <laughs> uh, Judy has moved from New York to San Francisco, where she founded the Disabled in Action, the DIA, <laughs> and she worked at the Center for Independent Living. And I love this place. It provided accessible housing, transportation, and helpers for disabled individuals. Nice. So it was for disabled individuals to live an adult life with all of the resources yes. that they needed and a helpline for like, oh, you need to get a bus, you know, for this last minute. We'll get you a bus. We'll get somebody who can get you there. It was like amazing. Uh, so it's 1977, and she's protesting about Section 504 of the San Francisco at the San Francisco Federal Building. So Section 504 is the regulations of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. I know it's a lot of numbers, but basically it was the U.S. federal civil rights protection for people with disabilities. This certain dickhead named Califano <laughs> was the U.S. Secretary of Hue, the Health Organization and Welfare. And he just refused to sign it. Mm. It was just just sitting there. He just wasn't going to sign it. He was going to add more shit to it, but he just wasn't going to sign it. So they're all protesting saying, sign the 504. Just yeah. sign the 504. Like, mm -hmm. as it is, don't change it. Um, and it had been a year <laughs> since this thing had, like, passed and everything. So Judy's uh, in the crowd. And there's these powerful speeches. And at one point, she says it was an out-of-body experience. And she says, let's all go to the hue. Let's go to the federal government because they can't steal our civil rights. And they all rushed the building. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I love that. <laughs> they took over an office in the fourth floor of the building. And they hosted a sit-in. Nice. There were 75 people there at first. <laughs> at first? At first. First, it will grow. <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. At the same time, there was organized 504 sit-ins uh, in other cities. So mm -hmm. there was 50 people who stormed the building in D.C. There were seven people who stormed the sit-in in Denver. And there was 20 in L.A. So on the same day of protest, they had four cities that they were sitting in federal buildings uh, in a sit-in. Demanding their rights. Yes! Demanding them to just, for California to just sign the damn paper uh judy set up committees for each other there was a food committee a medications committee a press outreach committee and recreation no <laughs> it was so cute they had like wheelchair races in the hallways i mean like it was adorable so 75 people in the san francisco grew to 125 oh wow because there was protests going on outside yes and the building was open it's not like they shut down the building they just basically took over the fourth floor so more people could join or leave you know what i mean the mm -hmm. sit-in as they wanted now dc was starved out they wouldn't let food in they they just basically starved them out so dc closed down uh denver and new york folded because there was no personal assistance and there was no accessible bathrooms oh my gosh right exactly now at the san francisco building uh brad lomax a young protester who had multiple sclerosis was also a member of the Black Panther Party. <gasps> nice. And the Black Panthers forced themselves into the building. Love it. And they said to security, we will stop at nothing to bring the media's attention on Hugh if you don't let us in the building. And they got starved out. So the Panthers brought them a hot meal every night of the protest for dinner and left them food for breakfast the next day. Oh. 
So they wow. had food. All 125 of them had food from the Panthers. Mm. So love those Panthers. Thank you. Mm. Yes. So the governor of California supported the sit-in and he wrote a letter to President Carter. Um, the United Farm Workers, Cesar Chavez himself, wrote in a letter in support of the sit-in as well. And they got word that the White House was going to call them. But the government doesn't play very nice with protesters, especially in the 70s. And they tried shit like saying, oh, there's a bomb outside. Everybody has to get out immediately. Oh, my gosh. So Judy said, well, I don't care. I'm going to bed. Let them wake me up when it does go off. (laughs) (laughs) But they decided to wake up and tell the other people, okay, there's a bomb threat. Y'all do what you're going to do. Nobody left. It It was just a way to try to get them out of the building. And no bomb blew up at all whatsoever uh on day four they were cut off from making any outgoing calls uh one important call did come in president carter's office it wasn't president carter it was a woman on the phone who said quote the president is aware of the situation in los angeles and san francisco he gives you his assurance that he will become personally involved in the issue of the 504 and the issue of the regulations bullshit so uh the protesters issued a statement and you'll love this because they were cut off from communications the deaf signers inside yes signed to the pro- deaf protesters outside yes. and they relayed this message we are encouraged by the contact made by the white house however the statement is not adequate for carter failed to address the primary reason for this sit-in that is the regulations january 21st must be signed the proposed changes from califano are not negotiable california or califano is reviewing these changes and and they are unacceptable and non-negotiable. Can you imagine the angry signer that is like doing? Yeah. Anyway. Drew a line. Right. Now, the LA office did get confused by the White House phone call. They thought Carter was actually going to help. And so they, they left the building. So now it's just the San Francisco office uh, mm-hmm. that is left. Um, a delegation of 34 protesters, including Judy, during this protest, uh, went to D.C. to get Califano's attention. They went to his house, (laughs) had a little candlelight vigil on his driveway. (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) To get his attention. He left through the back door. Uh, They also went to Carter's church. He left through the side door. (laughs) Mm. Uh Yeah, sure. Um, They also went to, while they were in Washington, D.C., they talked to senators. So they were trying to get senators on their side. Uh, They also went to the White House, but they were stopped at the front door of the White House because the guards were worried they'd start another (laughs) sit-in. The White House. Oh, my God. Also, by the way, uh, at this time, the White House did not have a single accessible uh, bathroom, and it was not accessible to wheelchairs. Of course. could shocking really even get it <laughs> so judy went to see califano at his office uh and the guards wouldn't let her in i mean her specifically she was not allowed in so she had a motorized wheelchair because she also had not too much flexibility in her arms so it took her forever but she eventually got a motorized wheelchair so this is what she did <laughs> she flicked the switch on her motorized wheelchair and went full speed nice. at yes! the building ram it Yes! At the last minute, the guards jumped aside, and she smashed into Califano's office. I love it. Then the other wheelchair people who were with her followed. So just smash, smash, (laughs) smash. (laughs) It's now day 22 of the protest. (laughs) Wow. 
And there is a massive rally in front of the White House that they all organized. Uh, they bring a lot of attention to this issue. There are the 34 of them from the San Francisco unit. Um, yes. Uh, it is very victorious. Somebody gets Califono in an elevator admitting that he has not looked at the documentation, that he is aware of it because he was denying it. I don't know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. That basically they got him recorded saying, I just don't care. Uh, that embarrassed him. And so on day 24 of the sit-in, he signed Section 504 with no changes whatsoever because he got embarrassed. Good for him. They... Getting embarrassed. Exactly. He mm. was basically shamed into signing yes. it. But whatever. He but signed not, it, not, right? Not ashamed to say it. Correct. Just ashamed that he got caught. Yes, yes. exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes. Finally, somebody got him on tape, basically. So, um, so the delegation of 34 flew back to San Francisco, where everybody stayed until they got back. They actually decided to stay one more night to have a celebratory, like, it's our last night. Let's just stay. Like, 26 days. They didn't need to stay this long, but they stayed 26 days, and they left to a enormous crowd chanting, or chanting to them, power to the people. And they were, like, high-fiving everybody, and you can yeah. see them, like, leaving the building, and it's, like, absolutely magical. But guess what? Things didn't change. <laughs> Things didn't change overnight, Shocking. of course. Right? Exactly. So for the next 10 years, Judy spent her time challenging naysayers who said that federal buildings, uh, making them accessible was way too expensive. So this was her job. She basically worked on solutions and examples. She basically said that putting a wheelchair lift on a bus costs the same amount as putting air conditioning on that bus. And that if more people can use it because there's a wheelchair lift, the buses will make more money. Duh. Mm -hmm. But she had to explain this. Because they're people. idiots. Yeah. Right, exactly. So in 1989, the Senate passed the Americans with Disabilities Act, but it was struck down in the House of Representatives. So Judy wrote this. Our people came to the U.S. Capitol from all over the country. To reach the main entrance of the Capitol, you must climb 83 marble steps. Oh, God. It's not accessible wow the protesters assembled at the bottom of the steps and then slowly one by one people pushed themselves out of their nice. wheelchairs fell on the bottom step and inched themselves up the 83 steps oh, oh wow it is in the crib camp documentary you can also find it and it's just it's heartbreaking and it's empowering and it's it's like every single feel People were on their bellies. People were on their backs. They were refusing assistance. Anybody helping them. They're like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get to the top of the stairs. And it was an act of defiance and it was an yes. act of ability. Mm -hmm. And that got George Bush to sign the damn Disabilities Act. <laughs> nice. Again, because of the embarrassment and the shaming of why are these American citizens crawling on their backs and on their sides up 83 steps. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just absolutely uh, wow. heartbreaking that the government was trying to ignore them. And they're like, well, <laughs> let me show Not you. Not going to ignore us for much longer. Exactly. Right. So when the Disability Act uh, passed, the date was July 26, 1990. Judy writes this, uh, writes this. It's actually the final line in her book, Rolling Warrior. Quote, I was 41 years old, and I was finally an equal citizen. Oh, my 
gosh. Right? So Judy Human is a remarkable person. Um, I think she's somebody that we should know along with like Malala, Rosa yeah. Parks, mm-hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's like right in there with those yeah. big, big mm-hmm. names. Um, I would see her and I'd be like, yeah, I know of her, but I didn't know face to name yeah. Judy Human. She's somebody I think everybody should know. She died this year in March. Mm-hmm. She oh, wow. was 75 years old. Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, exactly. So that's Judy Human. <laughs> what an awesome story. Right? I love her. I love her so and much. And such a huge legacy. Yeah. Did yes. you know kids at our school still have things called 504 plans? <gasps> yes. Really? Yeah. Yes. So you can have a 504 plan or an IEP. Yes, I know the a, IEPs. Yeah, okay. but the 504 <clears throat> is kind of um, a different or lesser support than the IEP. It's yeah, a little okay. less of a legal document, but it's still provides all of yep. the kids it, it deals more i think with like physical disabilities right. or maybe somebody's diabetic or whatever they mm-hmm. what medications and, and yeah. yeah there's a lot of kids that have like adhd that have mm-hmm. 504 plans but that's oh. literally what it's called is a 504 plan. yep we were just talking about yeah. them today we're- oh look at that sweet and at the college comes level, from the sit-in yeah at the college level they don't have ieps they only have 504 plans right actually uh, not quite really okay because if you have if you are like a high school student you're graduating mm-hmm. and you have an iep you can take that iep to your university Oh. And give it to their office of disability services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will honor and whatever's in there. Yes. Oh, they will honor nice. the. I mean, as much as they can. Yes, right. Of course. Of um, course. But they they will. So it's uh-huh. even though IEPs are made for K through twelve. Yeah. As long as you have one. You can still you use just, that document yes, at the college level. Because at yeah. Marion... It's not held at the same accountability, right? Theoretically. No, it is. It is? Okay. It is. Okay. At Marion University and nice. at um, Vincent's University, yeah, uh, yeah they they each have uh, Vincent... Usually they're called uh, Office of Disability Services. Oh, okay. At Marion, it's the Personalized Learning Center. But yeah, you just... Yeah. Give them your pa- your IEP or oh, whatever sweet. your paperwork is, and they will honor it. Yeah. Um, and you and the students can get accommodations. Sweet. As they should. Absolutely. Exactly. Any questions about Judy? Sometimes called Judith, but seems so formal. She calls herself Judy. Like Yes, right? Exactly. She's flipping flying in a door. I think there was a drunk history. There is. There and is. It's got, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Zach Anner in it. He's mm. also amazing. Yes, he has the sexiest of all the palsies. Yes. <laughs> Zach Anner is hilarious. He talk, he has like an exercise with Jack Anner and he's like, Workout Wednesday. Workout Wednesdays. That's what it was. I love those because it's all about just do whatever you can. It's all good. And it's just him being silly and it's just, it's lovely. He has an amazing book and he did the audio book for it. Oh, yes. Which is also like amazing. <laughs> Just the way that he talks, yes, and his uh, comedic timing, and it's, yes. his book is "If at Birth You Don't Succeed." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. I will put some show notes of Jack Hanner of just you have to experience the awesomeness. Wow. <laughs> at some point, like a quarter of the way in the book, he's like talks about how it's like difficult for people to do some things or something, and he starts talking about like you know like reading. <laughs> Like doing this audio book. <laughs> like you taking breaks and stopping. And right. Do, so, so he starts breaking the fourth wall in his fourth in 
is oh my uh, gosh, that's hilarious. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Do you want me to wrap it up? I'm waiting for oh, Bonnie can I to give be you like... a little side note. Yes, 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 yes. We were talking about how the Panthers showed up and yes. brought food. Mm-hmm. Black people love their food. I know! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because the Black Panthers started um, uh, the breakfast, the breakfast yes. for their for the little kids. Yeah, to make mm-hmm. sure they had food. Yep. Because you know, lots of people are poor, and yeah. kids were mm-hmm. going to school without food. Right, and they were going to school hungry. Yeah, and that was a f- yeah. So they they got to have a good start. To exactly. The day. Yeah. So they started um, breakfast programs yes. in black communities across the country, mm-hmm. and and that's um, why they couldn't serve them breakfast because they were doing it for their own communities. Yes, but they were bringing it yes. to them. Yeah. So. Um, uh, the reason that schools today have breakfast and lunch, oh. like, well, maybe not lunch, but the breakfast program right, yeah. um, is inspired by the early days of the Panthers. Nobody is going to like fess up to no, that. No, they're not. But, but it was yeah. a program that worked. It was exactly. a program that was needed. Exactly. I love the Panthers. So I love it that the black folk <laughs> yes! came and helped all the people with disabilities. Exactly. I also just love it because... Um, the line in the book was, oh, my God, the Panthers are breaking in. <laughs> and then Brad's like, I, I called them. <laughs> and so then it was like, oh, OK. But they were kind of like, you know, nobody's getting into this building. But the Black Panthers have broken into the building. Right. And they have food. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. Because nobody wanted to mess with them. No. Lovely. <laughs> but they were really co- cool people. Yes, absolutely. You yes. Know? They were community organizers were. in the best way. When they exactly. saw somebody who was, you know, uh, you know, being le- treated less than yes. and needed something to eat, they're like, well, we got you there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Sweet. All right. You want me to wrap it up? Sure. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Join us next week for another cool woman of history as the Gals Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.